I'm late today. That's all right. I'm outing myself that I'm late. It was a crazy traffic day. Just, and welcome to the rest of the crew of uh, Costa <laughs> Eagle Med Meteor and the Net Shows. I know. People are starting to go back to work and uh, have to back my time down of how to get to the studio on time. Yeah. And still get my coffee. <laughs> that's the problem, by the way. I hate to be an old school type of guy, but that's the problem in this conversion from radio to podcasting. Yes. In radio, the clock strikes you know 904 or whatever it is and you go right it doesn't wait for you right but this you but can podcast wait. yes you can I wait mean, i texted you and said oh i'm definitely going to be a couple minutes late <laughs> that was good yeah um yeah so good morning and welcome to your daily game face i'm dr kimberly lannon and i'm here with my producer that's lovely i forgot to say lovely first <laughs> lou blasey yes thank and you. and how are you this week fun yeah hmm. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask that. <laughs> Wait, I, I take that back. Let's not go there, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm relapsing. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> that could be a long show then, right? Yeah. Um, so I thought today that we would start off um, definitely talking about uh, a couple topics that have come up in terms of people getting ready. To, you know, we, in Massachusetts here, we've sort of gone into phase two, and and I've had a lot of clients talking about Adult clients talking about the Boston Marathon, which I wanted to talk about because it's really important around the, the the mental strategies around what's going on with that. And also parents trying to get their kids going for the summer back into sports, um, ha not having them roosting at home yeah. <laughs> uh, or whatever at home. And then also, you know, getting out there and being able to be active and kind of, you know, um, I've had so many different conversations this week about people who are uh, feeling like they've gained a lot of weight Yep. Um, they haven't been, you know, and how much a difference it makes to like when you're actually going to the office, you may not be completely uh, sedentary at the office, but because you have to get up, go to the bathroom, come back, or right. to, go to get lunch, it moves you more. But when you're home and you're working from home, if you're truly working and you're not like laid off right now, or whatever, people are just sitting and just kind of going from their bed to the yep. shower, maybe, um, into their couch and back and so on and so forth. So kind of just getting that motivational thought process going. But Plus, your alert level is up when you're working and you're out, and right. that kind of spikes your metabolism. A exactly. Little bit. Yeah. So, so, and people don't realize like the transition of like people are like, oh, it's so great to be home, but then they're going, oh, but I gained like 10, 15, 20 pounds, um, yeah. and and then some people have gone the other way where it's you know I feel like if I'm home, I'm more likely not to gain weight because I'm much more up and around, and I'm actually better off when I'm zooming calls because I can move around and I can yeah. stand up and. And I'm not sitting still, which is great for me because sometimes I have 13 and 14 hour sit days, which is really, yeah. My yeah. personal trainer always says, we got to look at your food. I'm like, no, we have to look at sitting. <laughs> it's not my food issue. It's the sitting issue. Yeah. And, and we have realized that it's the sitting issue. I'm a, my, my profession, uh, unless I'm out on the field and doing sports, like specifically with, with athletes, my field is very unhealthy in yeah. terms of sitting. So I try to make sure my practice integrates. You know, I do walking therapy with people. I was um, wondering about that. Yeah. Do, do people do that? Yes. So that's one. It's a really, I started that about, I want to say 2004 or 2005 doing, I started a little program called the PACE program both because it was cute because it said pace but also it has an acronym uh, you know basically to put yourself out there and be able to you know be active um and and competitive and energetic and all those things so it was integrating golf at the time because that's when i was working with a lot of veterans and i was getting guys that were not um 
sports related, sports minded necessarily to go out and have some peaceful time on a golf course. Really? Yes. I like that. Yes. It's so much fun. Yeah. And, um, and then get them to go out and I would, you know, I'd still do it. It's just, I don't do it quite as often because I'm so busy with other athletes. I do go out, but it, I used to take them out and we would do nine holes and, and I would it, walking the course, yep. not, not riding unless they had a handicap issue. Um, and we would walk the course and you get, you know, two hours, two and a half hours of exercise, which is the walking and people are like, oh, golf, it's so slow. You actually get like five, six miles in on a, on a right. good long course and people don't realize that. Plus, you know, any kind of like swinging and all, you know, especially if you're not a great golfer right. and you just go out and hack around, you've got like hundreds of swings going on. Yeah. Um, and it's great to talk to people. So, so exercise therapy. So walking and, you know, in a 45 minute to an hour session. And I do those pretty much weekly with, I have a good set of clients that do walk therapy. Um, it's a fantastic way to yep. get people to get to their stuff without actually having to look face to face. Right. And um, it's very distracting when you're walking. Things kind of flow out a little bit differently than you do when you're sitting and asking questions, you know, right. across the room. Um, and it's great for summertime and springtime because people love doing it and fall here in New England. Um, but people love doing it. So we go for usually around three and a half miles. It will, you know, it, for most people in an hour, um, three and a half to four miles where people can go at a good clip. And so on those kinds of days, I get great exercise because yeah. I can go, you know, 15, 20 miles some days. So it's fantastic yeah. for me. But that doesn't usually happen in the winter when yeah, we right. all are sitting around or when you're stuck inside. So so walking therapy, I do some run therapy. I have a few clients that I do training. You know, I was training for the Boston Marathon with, um, and I was training them in a training program for actually the running piece and the mental aspects. Really? So we would run. While you're running? Yes. Wow. Miles I at listen. a time. Yeah. And they talk mm -hmm. and, and it's really conducive. It's actually really conducive for people that are talkers and like to talk and run because that's where they do their best thinking. If you've ever been on a run, you know that all of a sudden you'll get great ideas and I'll, you know, it's like being in the shower. For some reason, being in the shower yeah. can generate that. I get, um, I get the shower equivalency. That never <laughs> happened to me face, running. No. At the running face. So when running was never running, enjoyable for me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, maybe I can get you out there. Yeah. Now, he's like, lazy. no. Um, but when people are running, there, you know, there's a way to get the, because the endorphins are relaxing the limbic system and they're relaxing the yep. frontal lobe, it allows people to talk and I'm able to listen and I chime in where I can and it's, it's, um, it's fascinating because you get a lot different, sometimes more information, sometimes just a different set of information, but it's usually very productive and people usually feel good. So you get like a double bang for yep. the buck. You know, you're getting out there, getting exercise, plus getting therapy at the same time on two levels. Um, and people usually really like that. So people um, underestimate the benefit of activity. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. that you can, it's so non-traditional and you know me, I'm not yeah. a traditional, how does that make you feel therapist? So um, it's people are like, oh, that's such a cool idea. I didn't realize you could do that. You know, if I say, would you, you know, in, in the signing of the contracts, I say, if you'd like to do walk therapy, please let me know. And people kind of look at me like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, we go, you come and we go out for the walk and come back and we finish and that's it. And yeah. they're like, really? I'm like, mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. So it gets people that wouldn't normally do anything. And it's just kind of like, oh, they have to plan around it. It's, it. I have a lot of clients that will say, oh, I got an extra couple of miles in today that I wouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah. So it's very cool that people like it and it's been very successful. Well, and... I always wondered if people do that. I mean, it's never been a problem for me. In fact, I, the first therapist that I went with, 
the best part about the first therapist I went with wasn't the therapy session. It was a half an hour in the waiting room beforehand when I could just sit there. <laughs> and it's like, you know, no one was after me for anything, and I could just sit there. It's just peaceful. So the quiet, yeah, the quiet and reducing the noise has always been beneficial for me. But I can imagine on the other end of the spectrum, sitting for six hours a day I, is, oh, is a well. problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, and and I'm not and I'm not exaggerating because I usually sit for twelve. Yeah, wow. I have twelve hours usually of client time. Wow. So, and if I'm not teaching, if I'm not with clients, I'm teaching. So I'm still sitting, unless I was when I was in person, I was up and moving. So, that's the hazard of the job, and it's been really much more sitting in the past three and a half months because I have lots more people wanting my help. Yeah. Because they've been threat generating and yeah. really anxious and really fear based and still. You know, it's just shifting and I've got a wait list, you know, a mile long. So please, you know, if you want a free hour of therapy for the most part every week, come listen to this because <laughs> yeah. I, it's everybody can get this. Um, I don't understand. It's not that I haven't considered the profession at certain points in my life, but it's like I'm too, I absorb too much. Yeah. I take it all on. So it'd be tough. If, if I'm sitting around somebody and somebody's complaining about something, complaining is the wrong word because the couch is it. Someone's got an issue and they're talking. It's like I'm getting you know, I'm getting sucked into it. I'm feeling bad about it. I'm, you know, you're having I'm a, wound yeah, you're up. having an emotional reaction yeah, to it. Yeah, right. I'm wound up. Right. We, so we e- even work. just based on the mood of the person, not even the actual thing. In fact, a lot of the times what they're telling me, I'm looking and going, okay, just set that down for a while. You know? So there's an yeah. upside to doing my work is that I think that one by nature, I do this anyway, but then also it's just over the years of doing this training that when people that when I'm not on duty, so mm-hmm. to speak, yep. and people will say that like, oh, are you always analyzing? Are you always? No, no. I literally no. put the like, I turn it off. And so unless someone specifically is asking me, I'm, yep. I'm checked out of it. Yep. Um, not that I'm checked out of a conversation. I hear it all. Sure. I just know how to emotionally disengage from it. Like it's not relevant to me unless someone directly says, hey, you know, Kim or Dr. Kim, what do you think? Then I will a- answer, but I typically try not to answer when I'm in my social persona as that. I try to just keep it like a real person, not as a clinical, because even though they're very similar, yeah. I try to kind of not go that That's way. That's what I was going to ask. So you have an alter ego. Yes. To work. Sure. Because I have an alter ego to work. Well, it's it's me. I mean, it's always me. It's very similar, but. But yet I, you know, if you're, if I'm at a social, like, you know, you're not my client, so you're going to be at a social engagement with me. I'm going to just be kind of like we are here and just chatty and whatever. But if I'm in a clinical position where I'm actually there to, you know, assess, diagnose, treat, give advice, you know, and all that. And really kind of, that's a very different parameter of just a boundary change. It's about, you know, not crossing over that boundary. So it's always in both places. But when I'm socializing with someone that's not a client, it's very different than with someone in my office or someone that's in my practice as a client or patient. So, yeah. All right. So catch me up. The Boston Marathon has been canceled. So the Boston Marathon has been canceled. Yeah. Um, it was on. It was it was rescheduled for the 14th of September, and then last week. Well, it's an interesting thing. There's lots of interesting things about this. So it was canceled, and and there's all kinds of stuff that's come up because it's been canceled. Like you could, you know, um, you can get a refund. You could, um, you can still run it as a virtual run. Um, and then, so, so what's a virtual? So I've heard this term in a couple okay. road races. So I did my okay. So yeah. here's. So this is pretty cool 
although it's not the same. I'm going to give you the upsides and the downsides mentally about this for me. Yep. And, and I think this is what I've heard from other people, too. Um, so I did my very first virtual race this weekend. I mm -hmm. did it for the Bork Foundation. Yay, Ray Bork. Yep. So I did the Ray Bork Foundation 7.7K this weekend. And um, so you have to basically get your time... You have to officially submit a time. So you have to, like, so I'm on Strava. You can pick any of the you know, Nike run, you know, something that right. times you and you know that it's following you. You've done the exact amount of miles. You can, um, and then you submit your time, you know, it's on honor system, essentially. And then you get your place and all, you know, so it's all official um, in that way. But the, the doubt, so it's great. You, the, but you run the, that course? No, you run your own. You run so a distance. So that was 4.8 miles. So you yeah. run your own whatever you make up as your distance okay. for like whatever your course is. Yeah. Um, so that's a great, it's a great experience cause you still get all the benefits of, you know, doing it, you get your medal, they're going to send it, you get yeah. your t-shirt, they're going to send it, you know, you get your placement, you know, where you stand. The downside is, is it's lonely. There's no, yeah. <laughs> the, one of the best things about racing for running in a sport, especially amateur running is we all run together. It's a camaraderie. Right. It's a shared experience. There's a po there's a pre thing. There's a middle thing. There's a post thing. Yep. It's a it's a family experience. The community here in New England, we have you know we have Merrimack Valley Striders, Greater Lowell Road Runners. We have Somerville Racer. Like there's tons of clubs here in the, in yep. the New England area, and we all get together. We all know each other. We've known each other for you know ever, and now. You know, the clubs are getting together, but doing social distance running, they're all doing that. But when you do something like a virtual race, it, you're you're basically on your own. Right. So now, so the great thing is you can still do the race, but when it comes to Boston, so here we go to Boston. Yeah. So Boston is the marathon. Right. Boston, outside of going to Greece, <laughs> Boston Marathon is the marathon. Right. It's, if you're going to do, you're going to do a marathon in your lifetime, you want to do Boston. So um, to have it canceled for the first time in history, and it's the 124th running, is simply unprecedented, and it's epic, as people have been saying. Yep. Um, but the option is that you can either, you know, cancel, get your refund for it, or you can, you can virtual race. I mean, right. So now I'm a charity teamer this year, so I'm running for the right. New England Patriots Foundation. Um, so I've raised, So not only have I trained now twice so i'm still training because i am going to do the virtual part um so i trained for the first one that was happening in april and i trained right up to the point so that i could run it as you know in april yep. and then then i took a couple weeks off of full training and started again so yep. here we go because we were going to be going september 14th and then they cancel it last week so i but i'm going to do the virtual and i'm still running training for it you know did my run this morning did all my workout um and then so the, so the thing with the virtual piece is that we have one week to do it in. So between the 7th of September and the 14th of September, we're allowed to do it any time we want to. Mm -hmm. Same parameters. You have to be able to have a proof of time. It has to be under six hours. Those are the parameters of the Boston Marathon. Um, and you have to create your course. Um, there haven't been other guidelines that I've seen yet. I could be missing something right now, and I haven't seen everything on the BAA website. How would you, how would you do proof of time? The proof of time will be like through Strava or through Nike Run, oh, or so you so you which have is to, like a Google Fit. It'll record your so course it will and be your time. So recording your yeah. map and it will record your time oh, and I it see. posts yeah. up. So it yeah. has proof. Okay. Um, so uh, and there's like ten or eleven different apps that can be used to do that. Um, downside of that is be careful for people that are wanting to do the racing on that because I've had it, it just test runs and people use these apps all the time. 
if it, I put it in my pocket a lot and if I hit it, it stops and then I don't realize it for like 45 minutes later and yeah. now I've lost it. So yeah, that's it, that's the downside unless you have something on your GPS watch. But um, there's a couple downsides to that. But anyway, so the the thing is, is people have been posting that they're going to, you know, that they, if they have not taken the refund and they're going to do the virtual race, they, they're excited to do it. But people are really disappointed because the experience of doing Boston yeah. is it's not the same when you're running, even if you go out on the course, which I'm not sure if they're going to let you. I've, I'm seeing a lot of people post up all over social media, Instagram, Twitter, yep. everything. Like, I'm going to go out there during that week we're supposed to do it in because they're giving us an allotment of time and I'm going to run the course. Uh-huh. Great. But I don't know if they're actually going to let us do that because just like on the on this year's marathon, they asked us not to go down and run the marathon right. on the course. So I don't know if that's going to be allowed. So for people that are listening that are doing the marathon, if you're coming to Boston and you want to do that, please watch for the BAA website yeah. updates because... I would imagine it'd be you're, cracking down on that. Right. Bit, and yeah. people, you know, just like they did for March and April, they were gearing up saying, we're going to get all of us together and go down. And I even said initially, I think you remember back in the first week or two of March, I said, I'm going to run on the course. Yep. And then, of course, you know, Mayor Marty Walsh came out and said, please don't do that. It's, you know, disrespectful. Okay, that's fine. So we all picked our own courses and did our own thing in a different way. Um, I'm not sure, but that may happen again because the point is, is I would imagine is is you know five million people running on the course, and it's and and to the point of the BAA is there's a safety issue because it goes through all those towns, you know, Hopkinton, Ashland, Framingham, and you know, yep. Natick, Framingham, Wellesley, so you got all these people and the sidewalks can't manage that. So that's the first thought. And then, you know, you know, mid pandemic, mid whatever else comes at us, you know, the floods, the great right. the tornadoes, the hurricane, who else who knows, knows what's yeah. coming. Right. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure about that. So it, there's some pieces to this that are up in the air. So in the meantime, there's some really cool, fun things happening. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to one of a really great charity team runner and a, a great runner, um, Mike Doherty. He's out there and he runs, um, he's going to do a, He's going to do his race, and it's going to be around Tewksbury, and um, my home is going to be his Wellesley water stop. So, <laughs> so he's he's doing some you know really uh, innovative things, which is same similar what I'm going to probably do. I don't know if I'm going to do Tewksbury yet. I haven't decided on my course yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, people are putting up their finish lines. They're getting people to come out along oh, really? the route. So it will be yeah. fun, and it's great. But at the same time, for addressing people's disappointment, which I've been doing since last week around this, it's it's the Boston Marathon. It's yeah. not the same thing. There's so many people I know that I've been helping this year for mm. getting without ready. Without Copley, without Heartbreak Hill. That, that they don't, yeah. right, they're not going to have the experience of running through the Scream Tunnel, coming yep. off the start line in Hopkinton, doing all the things that, that come with being the Boston Marathon. There's nothing. Right. I've done, you know, 12, I think I've done 12 marathons in the past five years. And I've crossed all the finish lines. But there's nothing that's like crossing the Boston Marathon oh. finish line. Nothing. Yep. It, it's just totally different. It's a uh, you, you kicking, screaming. I've been in four different storms. One of the I was in the one that was the worst storm in forty yep. something years. Yeah. And I was gonna finish. They I, unless I said unless every mile I was gonna be hypothermic or dying, I was crossing the finish <laughs> line because it's that meaningful. And it's not about a medal, no. at least for me and most of my athletes that I train. It's not about the medal. It's about having the experience and knowing the purpose of the finish of saying I did the Boston Marathon. Very different than saying I did the one in, 
you know, blah, 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 Vermont. Yeah. And I can say Vermont because I'm from Vermont. So, I'm gonna <laughs> get, you know, it, the Vermont Marathon is great, but it's not Boston. Right. The New York City Marathon is great, not Boston, because Boston is where it's like the likening well, it's, to. It's big leagues. It's 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 competing with the elites on the same exa- stage. Exactly. Yeah. And and you do do that in some of the other big ones, Chicago, sure. New York, but the the it's unprecedented for for you know if you if you run the Boston Marathon. Well, you run the big, New York City Marathon and tell somebody the next thing they're going to ask you, have you ever done the Boston? Have Marathon? Have you ever done Boston? Yeah, yeah. Right. It always comes back to that. So so the disappointment, Lou, and the the mental strain for people. You have people that have trained and trained and trained all the way from like the couch to marathoners that have started this yep. year that you know raised. You know that are raising and still raising because people. You know we got cut short right. You know seven eight weeks before the marathon was supposed to happen in April, everyone that was raising their funds for all their charities, um, that still has to happen. So for people out there that want to like help out and you have a little extra cash and time, I mean people are still having to raise the money to be able to do their charity team running. Um, so you know it comes out of our pockets if we don't complete the amount that we're, oh, we're really? minim- yeah that we're minimized goal for. Yeah. Um, I don't know if some of the charity teams change that, but I know it's a that weird dynamic. Yeah. A, a lot of so because you're committed to that piece. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be some movement around that for some charity teams because you know if you if you cancel your run, but the so the so if you're a regular runner that is is qualified by just running and getting the qualifying time and getting in, it's much more cut and dry. Very disappointing, very upsetting for people yep. because they have to either run it virtually or defer to next year with no guarantee for those runners that they'll get in on the next pool right. because it's the 125th running, which is a big deal. It's an anniversary year. Plus, you've got everyone that qualified. Boston runs as a um, – it, it, like if you qualify this year, in this year of 2020, it's not for 2021. It's for 2022. So you've got everyone that's coming oh, from see. this year that didn't run yeah. it because of the cancellation lumped in with all the people that already qualified for 2021, plus all the charity teamers that either qualified and are raising money and or raising money and training and doing. So everybody's got their pieces that they've worked really yeah. hard for. Um, the charity teams, people, you know, often talk about being overqualified, which they get a f- lot of flack back for because not only do they qualify just because they've been asked by their charity team to be a member, you don't have to necessarily have the time to qualify, but you're, you're doing your you're training, plus you're doing your job, plus you're doing your life, which is what everyone's doing. But we have the extra piece in charity teams that you're raising yeah. 10, 15, $20,000 in some cases for a charity that from basically December to April in a short time, and that's a lot. So and at what point does the on the charity teams? At what point does the payment happen for the charities? Because I'm imagining people who would normally commit to a to a charity event like that, especially small businesses and things like that, might be seeing more of a strain than they anticipated when they made the charitable commitment. Well, and and so so that's. Yes. So, so I, you're seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot of that, that people, I mean, I had, I'm, I'm only $900 short on mine, so I'm not as worried because I know that other people are going to be doing, giving to the rest of my funding. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, for people that I know that we're counting on people coming through and doing, that's been part of the issue. And, and I've been talking to people about how to like sort of fundraise now yeah. coming into September. But I mean, if you're a restaurant who committed to your charity right. run in, in January. Right. 
has the do they pay up front they do okay so they do yeah. but people that have promised because there's there's places that will promise right. and then you put them on the list to come back to and then like it's the restaurant and they can't do it right um so as a quick aside so i'm on the um the bay state marathon the one that's run here in new england here in massachusetts mm -hmm. the bay state in lowell i'm on the committee um and i do sponsorship and and um so as a sponsorship director i've i've had a really hard time sure this year because we were coming into it we usually have everything kind of set up by you know april may june and people that are the bigger sponsors um not the head sponsor but the other ones that are around it yeah. that are really high sponsorships have put a hold too much uncertainty. so bank yeah. so banks other big companies that are wanting to give sponsorship because they don't know one where they're at and they also don't know i mean our our race is in october and so you know, um, you know, Berlin has been can like other ones around the country and around the world have been canceled because of the pandemic around the same time frame, and so it's people are unsure of what exactly is going to happen and where they, you know, how do they get their best bang for their buck in sponsorship? Sure. So when you look at something like sponsoring an individual and a charity team event for something, yes, you're. I mean, the money's going towards the charity, yes. But now you've got the construction of people right. who can't give because now they're stuck because they have need for fundraising for themselves. Yeah. And then you've got people that are now on the backside that can't get the money to complete their goal, which is just, it's just, it's it's hard. This is just yeah. it's there's so many struggles here. And so I encourage people to run and take the virtual run in the Boston Marathon. You're still going to get your medal. You're still going to get your shirt. You're still going to get all those pieces. You're not going to get the experience. But I think that in good faith to yourself, um, and not a, it's not about necessarily, um, you know, I hate to use the word protest because there's lots of protests about this particular issue. Protesting, you know, the BAA about like, you know, this is unfair. Yep, it's, it, you know, things, this, you know, the BAA didn't make this, and for people who don't know what the BAA is, it's the Boston Athletic Association. They didn't make the pandemic happen. They didn't make all this stuff come up. They have choices. Yes, we don't like some of their choices that they're making maybe because, yeah. they, you know, but the point is, is that we're getting an option to still run and get some of the benefit of what the run would be. And right now there's big talks about allowing the field to be larger next year for Boston so that it allows for all the people that have missing the experience to come back and redo. Um, I'm not sure where that's, that's going to go. So that's where too. a lot of my clients. April, 2021 is ambitious. I know. Well, that's, I mean, right now that's on this. Uh, and I believe, I want to say that Chicago marathon has not canceled yet. Yeah. I could what, be wrong on that because I've got so many pieces of information about all the different marathons, but I think, and they're they're, I think they're October. Yeah. And I think they haven't canceled yet. So, and I think they're doing a different process around the whole thing about, you know, allowing people to cancel and defer. And that makes a big difference. Allowing, like, if I wanted to defer it out and still run in April for this year, but then I wouldn't get. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's really hard on athletes who really, um, you know, this is a couple of my clients' first Boston. And their disappointment. I can't, you know, I, I empathize and know. I mean, I can't say, oh, well, it's my first. I mean, it's my, I'm on a streak. So I'm, my side of it is I'm on a streak. So I don't want to break the streak. And then, yep. so if I get this one under my belt as a virtual, it counts. 
But then if I can't come back as a charity tamer and still run for New England Patriots because they're not giving out charity bibs next year and I didn't qualify from last year because I was doing charity team running because I was doing it a different way, now I don't have an opportunity to keep my street going. So there's yeah. lots of – everyone's got their different yeah. combinations. And then I'm like, oh, no. And I'm guessing the last week has presented some challenges, not, not to get into the political end of it, but from this standpoint – at least when people were talking about the BAA's decision or whatever event it is that you've lost, uh, when you're dealing with a decision, there was a sense of, yeah, this this sucks, but right. we're quote unquote all in this together. Right. And in the last week, we found out we're not all in, in this together. Right. So that just adds to the frustration. Well, and on top of that, Lou, so right maybe, I want to say maybe three or four days after that got canceled and, and then this came out and the disappointment came then the governor and Marty Walsh put out, the mayor of Boston put out that, I think it was both of them, put out the July 20th opening and showing like what would be available. And we all got the alert from, from on our, all the runners in sadness with the sad face that circled the part where it said all amateur events like running and mm -hmm. all those are a go. Yeah. But it already happened that we can't, they canceled the Boston Marathon. So everyone was like, ugh. Marathon, a quote-unquote amateur event. So it is because yeah. the elite field is is it's an elite race, but the field is predominantly amateur runners. Yeah. So yeah. you know nobody's pro. So yeah. and that you know the elites start the race at the beginning of the day at nine o'clock in the morning, but then from basically ten o'clock in the morning till twelve thirty, the remainder of the twenty-seven thousand people that are running are all amateur runners amateur you yeah know, there's i mean everyone's a great runner in it but they're not at the elite level status right for the most part so so you've got 90 you know i don't know exact number but 90 percent of your field is amateur so that was you know and, and i think people are understanding that you know like you know a very large portion of people that come in from for the boston marathon are from out of the country yeah i mean i think there's representation from everywhere i, I would mean, imagine yeah you know all, all of Indonesia, basically, all the, you know, anywhere in Africa, South Africa, like all the, every single region of, of overseas is represented here. And, right. and to get, that's a lot. So I don't know if they would be able to even come next April, you know, just say, you know, it's only for people that are living in the United States, depending on if the ban comes off of like the travel. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yep. it's all speculation, but it's, I keep telling people, like, because people say, how do you manage not being so upset about it? And it's it's an internal thing. Like, I have that moment every once in a while, like, oh, this is so disappointing. Yeah. And I'm thinking about running, what day I'm going to run in September and how to keep it mentally going and, and kind of getting my, you know, my, my plan out already. And I'm thinking, it's hard to run 26.2 miles alone. And I've done imagine. it and training by myself. And I have to tell you, it's hard. It's yeah. very fun in a lot of ways just because you're out there on your own. Um, but it's 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 like, oh, you really need some people out there to yep. cheer you on. So and, and you can have that, obviously. Well, That's, when you're gonna... going through the race in the storms and saying, you know, if I'm not dead, I'm crossing the finish line. Right. You're not going to get that running alone in Tuxbury. No. You know, it's no, just not, not it's just I not set there. It up. No, That's knock what, on like Tuxbury, my friend Mike Doherty's yeah. setting yeah. it all up that like, you know, I'm his I'm his Wellesley Scream yeah. Tunnel. <laughs> it is water stop. But even then there's just not that that visceral determination isn't there. Right. Well, and, and, and so like, that's the thing. If no, if no one has, you know, if, if someone listening has not been here to the Boston Marathon on Marathon Monday, 
from the moment you're even a mile back, you have to walk a mile from the the athlete village. Super cool. Yep. It takes you forever. <laughs> it's like it's the long it's the longest mile of your life. It's you know, <laughs> um, so it takes you a while. The amount of from the time you're in athlete village all the way to the finish line, even in the rain, even in the days that it was that that awful horrific wind driving yep. craziness. There were so many people out. It's people, yeah. I mean, people come out and play, their bands play, people are cheering, yeah. people have food for you, there's coffee when it's cold, there's water, there's ice, there's oranges, there's beer on the course. Yeah. People give you shots when you come up over BC, which I don't take because I think at that point <laughs> I'd throw up. Um, but it, it, there's it, there's nothing like the the experience of having that. I mean, right. in other marathons I've run, I've done the Marine Corps Marathon. It's fantastic, but it's you know it's very specifically lined with Marines and other people in very specific spots down in Washington. Chicago's the same way. Chicago on the main streets, it's full of people, but there's some backsides of it that are like chirp chirp nobody's out there right. you're like oh my god this is so awful yep. um you know or you get into small some of the smaller marathons and there's nobody really out there boston's not like that and that's what the right it's so hard to miss that experience because plus you, you talk about some of those marathons and and i know this sounds self-serving but you, you talk about some of the, those types of marathons in a social situation or a party something go, oh cool marine marathon that's kind of cool yeah but you say boston marathon it's like you ran the Boston Marathon. Yeah, yeah. And, and, everybody knows. And everybody knows. So if you, so I get a lot, a lot of press. If I wear my jacket, you know, every year there's a special, you know, celebration jacket for running it. So you, it's like a family. You see someone in the airport and you've got a Boston Marathon jacket on. It's like it's a beeline. Everyone that's running, it, it's like ooh. And yeah. you, you automatically go up and say, oh, what year did you run? Oh, and it will say on the, you know, it's a great, that's because yep. it's the Boston Marathon. You can wear other marathon jackets and people are like, oh, but no one will really talk to you. But you have a Boston Marathon jacket on and it is something. It's meaningful. And, and, and to describe it, people often say, oh, what's the finish line like? Or what is that like? Unless you experience it, you can be on Boylston coming on, as a spectator. It's amazing because it's so much energy. But there is nothing in my whole life, yep. even in gymnastics, I don't think, and I had <laughs> lots of success there. There's nothing like coming up under that Mass Ave little yep. underpass and taking a right on Hereford and a left on Boylston. It's like, <laughs> and I just said it and I could feel it. Yeah. I yeah. was like, oh, I could feel it. It's because it's I can, the, the visceral emotional connection, and I feel for the people that are going to miss that this year and may not be able to do it next year. And I'm worried that now because I didn't do... A qualifying run to do it because I figured, oh, I'm going to do charity work, yep. so I'm going to get in. Now I'm like, uh oh, I don't know if they're going to let charity teamers in, and that's so. There's a lot of they talk have to make some that. provisions. Hopefully, hopefully, well, yeah. but then you have the debate or make you know, make the virtual run be a qualifying for, run. If we make a provision for one, we have to make it for all, so we can't make. And so everyone's like, if you have thirty-two thousand runners, what's another ten thousand? What's the big deal? <laughs> Chicago, New York, do it. Why can't yeah. Boston? But if you've ever been out to Hopkinton start is like yeah this big well you take the virtual one and make it a qualifier oh this but but it a lot of them the set parameters well yeah. it well it is going to be a qualifier i think that they're still going to utilize it as a qualifier for the following year anyway because that's why you're submitting yeah. your official time oh great um yeah but it's for 2022 oh so you have no to. they got it yeah they're gonna have to make some provisions uh yeah you touched upon one of the difficult cruxes about dealing with um setbacks and disappointments yeah. and stresses and it's about dealing with the things that you don't have control over 
Yeah. That's one of the important concepts. Right. And that's difficult for people. In fact, it's almost more frustrating for people because that lack of control is what causes so much of the angst and stress. You know, people do not like the feeling of being out of control. No, and 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 it goes back to the first shows that we were doing way back in the beginning. Um, and and I think that's a common theme in in general in life is when you feel when you not feel when you don't have control, and you know you don't have control, it's so frustrating mm-hmm. because you have to be able to figure out okay what can I do to give myself control? It's so easy, and I have to fight that as well. And and even with all my training, as soon as they canceled it, I had that moment of, uh, yeah. And then I was like, well, I don't have to run anymore. <laughs> In my head, I was like, well, then just don't bother. And then I was like, no, because I lost control. I yeah. lost the sense of, oh, it was not, my purpose got taken from me and it came out of my control. I had control over the fact that my purpose was to do great training over the summer. No one ever gets this opportunity to run Boston in this kind of weather. It's right. going to be fantastic. It's more my kind of weather. I had all this and then all of a sudden they took it away from me. Yeah. They took it away from me. Yeah. But... Is part of this realizing that that's not a statement on you, not not take to put it. I don't know if this is the best way to phrase it, but to not take it personally. Right, you can't. Yeah, I mean, part of it is because you feel, and you just said it. It was taken away from me as if that was some weakness of you or someone overpowered you. Right. And that's not. It's not a. It's not about you. It's not. It's right. not your failing. Right. It's. Now it's the realization that some things in this world are out of your control. And so, and and that's where. So I think for me, I, and, and speaking from my psychology, and what I hope to teach other people is that you're going to have that fleeting thought because I think it's a natural thought that sure. comes in. It's then what you do with it. Because I quickly was like, "Oh, Kim, you know, you know the deal here. You know, yep. it's not, it's not personal. It's not anything like that." To be able to put it in its its right compartment to say this is out of your control. You can't make a difference in terms of what they're going to decide right. to do. You only have to go with the flow. Um, the thing that keeps creeping in though is that thing I was just saying, and this is what a lot of my clients and a lot of people are talking about. It is is that, but each of us have our purpose. Each of us like I'm on a streak, so I want to keep yeah. the streak. And so now this is going to break it again out of my control. So now it's now I've gotten into the morning phase of the of justifying the, yeah. well. But it's not my fault. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah. if so because people are really, it's interesting around this particular marathon, people are very critical of like, what was your time? And I always say, time doesn't matter. It's that you finish um, and that you had fun. You know, um, I ran the first four times on, uh, of the Boston Marathon. I've done it on a uh, fractured shin. Oh, God. Yes. Um, first four times, because the first year, I didn't do anything about the shin. Second year, I rehabbed a little bit, but still wasn't really fixed. The third year, I got a little bit worse. It's, it just, yeah, so yeah. perpetuated. So there's a reason why we continue to do these things. fix a fractured shin four years after the fractured shin? Well, I kept, I kept doing things to it. Yeah. You know, and not enough for it. But I fixed it. Now I don't have that okay. issue. So let me throw this at you. Okay. Because I'm doing another podcast with a psychiatrist. Yes. Who's, um, the, the podcast is about the Gita. He's an Indian psychiatrist, yes. retired Indian psychiatrist. Yes. And what he would say about this, or what I think the Gita would have to say about this, is one is minding your attachment. Yes. In other words, you're talking your streak. Right. And the streak is important, and I understand why you want to maintain it and things like that. And it would be nice to maintain it. But when you stop and break it down, how important is it really? Right. You it's know, not. Or, you know, you, it's important, you like but it, it's not. you protect it, you, you know, you would prefer to keep the streak going. But in the end, why are you attached to it? Right. Yeah. 
Right. Well, so I and I would agree. So it is minding the attachment. And not to und- not to undermine your your feelings about it. No, I'm just, but it's minding yeah. your attachment in in the way I would look at say explaining what minding your attachment is is understanding and having good awareness of of the importance of you know what this is to you and then and then giving it its space that compartment space and that's right. kind of like what I was saying is like understanding that yeah I have an attachment to this but I also know that I don't have control over what's yeah. happening about it. And I would tell you that's threat generation. Sure. Because what it is, is I'm going to lose that streak. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But. But, and then, and, and there's know, nothing. What's the importance can... of that? What's the, what, so the what's import- the, uh, what's the harm really? I mean, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And that's where, you, that's where you end up, like I end up coming to in my head very quickly is. Yep. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. We're on to the next thing kind of thing. It's like how, you know, is there anybody that can let something that's like, oh, really great, go. I'm... And by the way, it's not, the, and again, it's not you because if you had lost the streak where you woke up on, uh, uh, you know, on a marathon Monday and said, you know what, I just don't feel like doing it today and breaking right. a streak, that would be a whole different thing yes. than being told there's no marathon. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And th- and I think that having the the illusion of control over something versus not is right. a big piece of that. You uh, know, I mean, I, I mean, so if you're out there on the course, and I mean, it speaks to what you're just saying is if you're out there on the course and I, and I watched this happen and going back to referencing that year of the big storm, you know, people getting hypothermic and me thinking, oh man, they're not going to finish and how hard that is mentally Yeah. versus you know, them saying, okay, we have to stop the race, which they did at the Vermont, the Vermont Mar- City Marathon a few years prior for heat. Like it was 95 degrees and they oh, stopped and they just people stopped from, and they said yeah. no more. They stopped it and yeah. pulled everybody off the course. It's, it's whether or not you have the external locus of control or the internal locus of control. When it's your choice, it's one thing. When it's someone else's, it's totally different. Yeah. And so it, it's, what a big difference the mental, um, structure around that makes when when it's really yeah. something you know but being able to recognize those the nuance in that because uh, in the vermont marathon case if it's 95 97 99 degrees right. it's out of your control too yeah right right especially if they give you the excuse of saying we're stopping the marathon right but right. You know, sometimes it's just dangerous and unwise right to finish finish but the race people get really upset about that because you're taking away their choice yep and they're, if they, you know, th- that wasn't their choice, they would have pursued on, but they don't realize that, you know, people are dropping of, you know, heat exhaustion right. and heat stroke and all those things or dehydration, just like people were having hypothermia yeah. in the in the other, you know, but they didn't stop the race, which I'm glad for. While we're on the subject of attachment, maybe it's that attachment to control mm-hmm. that is the basic structure because i well, think you have don't to, like re- to feel out of control i know but you have to realize that reality of existence is there are things that are out of your control right absolutely you, you and, have to you can't be attached to control because which i was for a long period of time but people don't look at that Lou, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why i have a job is because yep. people don't don't look at that don't and it's not because they it's not because people don't look at that it's because they don't realize that they should look at that yeah. Or that that's even a possibility to look at, to think about that that would be something that they could have control over to change. Or that when you don't have full control, you have to look at what do you have control over? Because even when you're out of control of making some decision or something's made for you, you still have some sense of control over something. Right. You know, how do you respond to it? How do you manage it in your head? What changes things in your head for how you how you think about it, what you're going to do next, your next decision piece you know, what direction you're going to go in now. Um, I mean, 
that's basically what I've done with, you know, and I've instructed and helped my athletes getting ready for Boston on is move your direction around a little bit on this, move your goal a little bit, change your training a little bit, you know, it's just so you feel like you have a purpose. So you have control over the decision was made for you, but you still have decisions you can make for yourself around it. Um, And so that gives you back that sense of, of peace. So you don't feel like it's, so threat generating and so upsetting and and depressing or whatever you want to call it and i also think uh, the flip side of this issue is i think (laughs) too many people cede control too easily yes i I was told i was told yesterday i hate having to rush around places and it's like well you know you have a degree of control over that right right you know leave leave earlier manage your time you know it's, right. it's not out of your control. That's right. not out of your control. Right. And and I think, but I, and so in combination with that, because it speaks to my issue this morning yeah. as well, is that it's the awareness piece, you know. In, well, no, you, you were, that was an individual thing. If, if a bridge goes down or there's a car accident or, right. you, know, you know, a goat truck flips over, you can't control that. But if you're chronically right. late, if you're chronically rushing and... That's why I'm not because I hate that stress. I hate the stress well, and, of and that's and that's the thing. And so, in years ago, I had I, I must have been probably in my 20s at some point. I was always worried about if I was not on time, what would people think? Blah blah blah. It was a judgment. And then I realized, for whatever doing this work and whatever, I was like, at the end of the day, did anyone die? Did yeah. any is is anyone really going to care? What is really the deal? Like I had to go through all of that because it was a sense of I can't control what other people will think or what will happen as a result of this. We're using the late, like of being late right. or, you know, it's like, it is what it is. If you, if you don't all of a sudden like me because I was five minutes late. Oh, well, if you, eh, you know, I, I've, I've, um, and yet of course there are issues and times and, events where it's very important to be on time oh absolutely and and there's obviously right but it's like if you're chronically late there's that's a difference but when you're when you're a person like i'm very rarely late as you know it's that panic and then it's like i have no i can't do anything about it so it is what it is and being okay with that and i think that that so you were talking about yeah i struggle with that having an awareness of you know at the end of the day is it really that big of a deal no yeah no um, and and people hopefully will be flexible and typically are, but you have to know that in the world by having the experience of doing that um, so and I not get, having it forced upon you. So it sounds like the task we're talking about is understanding what you control and what you don't. Right. And that was, I don't know, I may have mentioned this on the program before. I remember for years I used to ask the question, I used to ask it outwardly because it was an important question in my life. What do I make happen and what do I allow to, yeah. allow to happen? Allow to happen. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for me, the answer was, well, you make everything happen. And, of course, that's not true. No. Yeah. No. And, it, well, and, and in that piece, is there's an acceptance. You know, the allowing something to happen is acceptance. So if we go yep. back to the Boston Marathon choice, right, it's, it's you have to allow it to happen because you don't have a choice that someone else made about it. So you have to accept it, and then you have to adjust and, and go from there. What is your next move because of that has right. been given to you? So you make something happen out of something that has been allowed to happen right. or not happen. So in the marathon case, and I'm just guessing, yeah. I'm not a marathon runner, so I'm not in this position. We're going to get you out there for a mile, though. Come on now. <laughs> oh, I can do a mile. Okay. I, I won't enjoy it, but I can do it. <laughs> I bet you, though. Wait. 
bet you if I got you out there for one mile and I talked to you the whole time, it would be three by the time you realized it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe. <laughs> no, I just we'll never... talk about threat generating the whole no, time. No, I know um, I know runners get this benefit from it, and runners become, if, I'm using the term casually, become addicted to it. They, yeah. they enjoy it. It's, it's, yes. it's a joy for them. It was never for me, and I, I don't know why. Yeah. Even when I was younger and road work was part of the, you know, part of the program. It's like that's the part that I hated. Uh, but I'm guessing the marathon case, you have to look at it. You're losing the marathon, which you have no control over. Right. But what are you looking for here? You're looking for the payoff of your training? Go run the virtual marathon. You know, if you're looking to uh, fulfill your charitable commitment here, well, you have an opportunity to do that. Do that, and it doesn't mean it's a replacement for running the marathon. Right. But it means it serves some of the purpose and gives you some of that control back. You have a little bit more control over right. this outcome, as opposed to just throwing your hands in the air and going and sitting on the couch. Well, and and so so speaking from a whole bunch of people in charity teams, and you just those different spots, and and for myself personally, like the psychology behind that is, so I'm running for the New England Patriots Foundation, go team, and. I know that every single dime that I've raised goes to charity. Mm -hmm. So I already know a lot of what the New England Patriots have done, even in the past four or five months. And I know that my money has, that I've raised has contributed. So there's a win for me. Right. I know that I'm going to do the virtual race and it's not to get the medal. I've done plenty of races over the past 20,000 million years that have not given me a thing at the end. I do, and I still, and the Loon Mountain Race, it's a great race. It's yeah. up in Loon Mountain. It's like death. <laughs> <laughs> the There is no payout at the end, like, you know, tangible. There's right. No, right. But the last half mile of that race is called Upper Walking Boss. And it is at a 40-something, I can't, I think it's 42-degree angle. Up? Up. The last half mile. Yeah. Not a not a half mile in the middle. The last nope. half mile. Nope. But the whole thing yeah. is, I I, I actually imagine. think that there's other hills in it that are more death like than that one. But yeah. that's the way it ends. And just the fact that I try to get a little bit faster each year, I go up and practice on that mountain. I, it's that's the payout. And I think most the athletes that I've talked to that sure. do it, that's the payout because there's no medal unless you win. I think there's a medal. But the people that are winning are like billy goats. They're like wee right up the top you know i'm like yeah well i'm not there um but there's it's that it's that you know going back to boston and the example for the mental fitness of it is so the charity for me the charity t that's i already know that's ooh, that's awesome because it's so important and i know it's going to something good so i've done that piece and then i get to run the race and i get to still count my time i've been training super hard because i've been trying to qualify right. so that i don't have to be doing charity teams only because i would still do charity teams work with the qualification right. So I was gearing up this year to really be in that. And so with this weather, I'm not going to miss the opportunity, given a virtual, that I can actually make the, the time, which yep. is hopeful. Um, and then and then also being able to still have the, hey, the Boston Marathon, but it's the, the secondary thing. So there's lots of positives for most people that do it. I know that people that are really negative about it are very focused on, I don't get to run the actual course. I don't get to have well, the medal. Sure. I don't. And it's understandable, especially if A, it's your first one, or B, right. it's probably your only one. I'm, right. I'm, I'm and guessing a lot of people, right. Yeah, I'm so, guessing a lot of people do a marathon just to do a marathon. Right, exactly. Just say I've done it once. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's I, part of my personality, too. So. I, I, have, I have a colleague that actually, years and years ago, um, with a week's warning, I call it the warning, a week's warning, decided to go out and 
run the Boston Marathon with a friend. It was back when they could band it and they could write and get jump on the course, whatever. Yeah. And he he did run it with an official time, and it was like ridiculous. He did it in like three hours and four minutes, and I'm like, no training. Just a week. He yeah. just just decided. He just picked up and said, "I'm decided I'm running the yeah. marathon." With his friend that was training, and yeah. and I think I think he actually beat his friend. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I'm that's like, no oh friend. my god, that's right? no friend. So it's it's you know people do that. It just yeah. makes me crazy because you know the rest of us are out there you know mm-hmm. running mile after mile every day and doing. But um, but I think that there's so many upside benefits to you know your purpose of 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 doing all the pieces and it's not just for you know if you can get the positive aspect or something out of it that you know you're running for because if you're doing it for the metal you know yeah eh. yeah it's nice i mean i i actually donate a lot of my medals i don't keep i i keep my boston though yeah so it's there yeah that speaks to it. so i i sure. have a lot of medals that i've gotten over the years and i i donate them to you know children's hospitals and give them to kids with cancer and and i have a couple of friends that run with me too um yep. i have a great running friend where uh, are your marathon medals right now what where are your marathon medals right now where are they yeah like in my house yeah i have them i have them in my piano room yeah uh, behind my little baby grand that's okay. up on a wall that has yeah. the Boston Marathon as a thing, and all of them are in a row. Yeah, but it's not about the medal. No. About, yeah. No, it's just the fact that it's the Boston Marathon. Because it's really, the medals are actually yeah. almost identical from year to year, but it's, but all, it, that's, that's what, it's a, it's the accomplishment. So whether I get it from running virtual or, you know. Yeah. Because it's Boston, but it's a memento of the accomplishment. Right. If yeah. I ran the if I ran the marathon in marathon Greece, I'd keep that medal. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and and you know, I have my medals, but I mean, people are often like, "What do you do with all?" Because I have a ton of medals still, um, but I give my medals because it's an accomplishment for someone else to ha- you know they're they're doing some other run mm-hmm. in their own way, but Boston's not Boston's different. Yeah. There's a there's a psychology behind Boston that you know I get, and so people out there, sure. you know, I get it. So when you when you're, well, again, who gets to who gets to play at Fenway Park, right? With the major leaguers, who gets to play at Gillette with the NFL players? This is what the Boston Marathon is. Exactly. You, you get to play. This is elite level. This is exactly. world class level right here. Exactly. And yeah, you're not competitive, but you, you're right. still out on the same course on the same field at the same time. Exactly. It's kind and, of and, thrilling. And it's and it's um, running in that event is such a well. I mean, the whole weekend when you do it, the the mental state around it, from basically Thursday yeah. to Monday of when it's regular marathon season for Marathon Monday, the the in, the family the it, there's nothing better than the running community for right. for Boston. So people are gonna miss that. But you, I keep encouraging people. You're going to have that experience. You're still going to get that. You're still going to have that opportunity next year. And for some people, they're going to not do it just because it's it's a lot of work. I mean, it's if you're just training alone, let alone doing a full time job, maybe having a whole family. Oh, by the way, homeschooling kids now, like yeah, all these. Sure. Oh, and then maybe raising money. You know, twenty thousand dollars for a charity. I mean, it's just a lot of work. So yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that are disappointed because they've decided not to do it at all and just give give it. Plus, um, much to my chagrin, because I used to be, my big tradition every year was going to the Patriots Day game, the Red yep. Sox Patriots uh-huh. Day game, until it snowed too much. 
and, and dealing with marathon travel coming, ma marathon traffic coming out. Much to my chagrin, the focus of the city is on the Boston Marathon yes. on Marathon Monday. Super important. Yeah. You can watch you can watch a baseball game all the time, Lou. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on now. We, we won't get into this. <laughs> I know. Although I've actually worked a couple of them too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a it's a nice tradition for Boston, yeah. and that's that's the other piece of it. It's it's not only, and and I've been talking all the whole thing about athletes and the mental aspect for athletes, but there's a huge piece of this for Boston and the people of Boston yep. mentally is that, you know, it's one money maker, huge, obvious, very clear on the table, um, but it's a huge time for people to have the traditions of. Fenway, New York, Boston playing, right. yep. you know, the marathon together, people all coming together. I think last year, I want to say there was something else going on. There may have been even a hockey game going on at the same time on the same weekend at the same, you know, like that night, yep. you know, it was right into yeah, another sure. event. Yep. Um, I mean, there's just people in Boston look forward to the whole experience of the day that they go, yep. you know, people go down to the city, they'll see the first people finish, they go to the game, they come out of the game, they go sit outside at the bars and watch the remainder yep. of us come through. I mean, so Yeah, that's make, the thing about the Patriots Day game is everyone leave, it's scheduled so people can leave the ballpark and watch the runners come watch out. Watch the runners come yep. out, right? And they and so so it's it's this very Not that you have a choice, but It's a, <laughs> it's but a, still <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But it's such a um and that's the thing that, that that's the downside for people all together, the athletes and the spectators and even probably the BA and all the sponsors is that we're going to miss out on that whole family experience that that is Boston that you don't have in any you go to any other place in the world. Love the marathons. But yep. it's this it's Boston and there's nothing like it. Except for the people then say, but there's Chicago and there's yeah, yeah. yeah it's no, great not. and they're great and I've done those marathons and they're yeah. fantastic. It's not the same but thing. It's not the same. Yeah. And so I understand people's. So I empathize for people that are listening and have reached out in the past week or two for my assistance mentally. That I empathize with this completely. I can not only personally empathize but professionally empathize that it's it's rough on lots of aspects and it was a it was a blow to see that it came out right after a couple of days that as of July twentieth, which I I said that things keep getting pushed back. So yep. I, don't get wed to that as a sadness piece because it's likely. That would it's going to change because you know every, you know daycares were supposed to open up on Monday and so were salons and yep. so and people didn't and it got pushed back to the end of June so I said yeah it's really I think still going to be in the works that that's not going to happen so you know yeah, yeah maybe but it's beginning it, you know it's beginning a lot of this is beginning to look um, reactive. Started. I know you started saying that, and immediately when you said it's beginning to look a lot like I went right into Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> you started it. And yeah, I had it's a beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Like it's beginning to yeah. look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we've seen responses of late, and the way things are going of late, it almost seems it seems reactive to have canceled the marathon at this point. Well, it's, I mean, and to and to that point, I mean, certainly there's been a lot of athlete backlash on it for that exact point and 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 people have been begging the BA to reconsider and to read you know I mean, there's lots of protest about it out there um especially because some of the frames of reference from some of the other races also they're like Boston that haven't been canceled have made different provisions to allow them to still occur as of as of right now yep. and still doing it and having some protocols in place to still have it and the fields are as big Yep. So, I I get that, but, but again, like letting go letting go of piece. control. 
it's right. It's it goes back to acceptance and having, you know, letting go of what you can't control and letting go of the hope that something's going to change. Because if you're always sitting on the hope that something's going to change, you keep disappointing yourself. You know, somebody uh, back in I want to say the fall at some point said to me, another clinician I was not agreeing with at the time said, you know, you have to lower your expectations. And that really annoyed me. And I said. <laughs> If you lower your, ex like, why lower your expectations? She goes, well, if you don't lower your expectations, you're always going to be disappointed. And I was like, mm, I think it's adjusting your expectations as opposed to lowering. And so it's, and that's what I've been saying to people. Don't, because a lot of clinicians I've been hearing saying, you got to lower your expectations so you're not disappointed. And I'm like, I'm not going to encourage people to not have well, a pursuit of, of beyond mediocre. I want people to shoot for greatness, but sometimes you have to adjust your expectations, well, so the disappointment isn't as hurtful. That's the um, that's the attachment part of it. Right. Uh, right. Expectation is it can be an attachment. It doesn't right. have to be an attachment, but right. it can be an attachment. Right, and that's and that's I think that's to that point to make the difference that your expectation has to be adjusted, not lowered. You don't lower your bar; you just adjust it. Right. And and that could look like lowering it for some people, but I think that when you give that as a message. It sort of is, it's all or nothing, and I don't do all or nothing. It's much more about you have to adjust and be flexible and figure out how to move around this given it. If someone, if they said no more marathon and no options, that's all or nothing. Then you lower your bar because you're like, well, now, now yeah. what? But you don't have to lower a bar. It's about adjusting. So if someone says to you, you know, lower your expectations, I would counter and say yeah, helpfully, no adjust your expectation because lowering it sets you up for something not good. Yep. So put this on a more, we got a couple minutes here, put this on a more, if I can use the word identifiable level. Yeah. I always, the example that was given to me while I was going through this work and in a speech, someone was talking and talk, someone was talking about, so that people get upset when they go outside and it's raining. Right. Or you have a wedding day and it's raining. Right. And it's like, well, you can let that, ruin the wedding you can let that ruin your day right. but that's something you really have no control, control over. over just you know and it's the attachment again it's just letting go of the attachment okay well i can't deal with that but what can i do right right I mean, you, can, you so you you adjust to it yeah. you you adjust you have to you have to find the productive and i don't say positive on purpose you have to find the productive thing out of what it is that you're doing so if it's a wedding and it's raining you know most people will say rain on a wedding day is good luck for a long marriage you know <laughs> yeah. you might not buy into that but you know what is the benefit of having rain on one of those kinds of days you know looking for something that's productive out of it so that you're not you know i call it e-oring you're yeah. not e-oring around going oh my god because when you lack control you have two choices you can be you, up, two you can be upset at the rain and lose the wedding or you can accept that it's raining and and you still yeah. have you still adjust to it yeah and right. still have a wedding See, now I'm going to bring it back to the marathon for a really quick yeah. second before we end is that that that's so anyone that knows me knows that I there's a running joke. Literally, it's running mm -hmm. both metaphor and yep. literal that if it's raining, I must be running because I somehow <laughs> whenever, you know, yeah. there's a race, people are like, oh, Kim must be running because I bring the rain. Yeah. Um, and that's and I I literally ever since those two experiences running Boston in the in the downpour and snow sleet and driving winds yep. of 40 miles an hour coming up Heartbreak Hill <laughs> blowing me over and being purple in other words um, April and I'm not a big fan of running in the rain so 
I have to adjust because people are like, you want to run on Saturday? I'm like, nope, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I will run, but I won't run if it's driving wind. I won't because I've been so associated now in my head with I hate the rain. Yeah. But I love the rain any other time as long as I'm not running in it. Yeah. Because I bring the rain. So it's funny because everyone's like, oh. Kim's running because it's raining. And that, <laughs> people check in with me on the morning of a race being like, are you running today? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. Make sure. <laughs> Must be raining. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's, so I definitely, I definitely think that the control piece is important. Uh, and that, and you can apply this. I mean, this is all about talking about the managing the Boston Marathon disappointment today. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's applied to anything. It's about, you know, you know, having your awareness of your attachment, having, um, mindfulness over what you have control over, what you can do about something, your response versus your reaction. Remember, reaction comes out of emotion, not out of of logic and, and right. patience and, and self-patience. Um, so being able to really manage that from that perspective. And that and you do that in your life generalizability. You and I yeah. was talking to someone yesterday in Sweden, actually, um, yesterday on the phone, um, a, a really awesome athlete yesterday, and we were talking about um, being able to adjust and and you know and have you know that ability to kind of really move forward and have acceptance and and what is your purpose and all that stuff so i think that those are all you don't have control over the marathon but you have control over the outcome of your training you have control over your charity work you have control over you know your payoff of what you've invested into the marathon to this point exactly so all right so i am going to see you next week yes God willing. And uh, <laughs> everyone the out there, rise. have a great week. Please uh, come back and, and see other episodes of your daily game face um, from previous weeks since starting in February. We've been going a long time. I know, right? This is good. Um, and uh, if you need to get a hold of me, you see in the bottom of your screen how to do that. Um, I'm currently very full, um, but <laughs> certainly if you have any questions or need advice, I'm happy to answer questions. If you want to come back and post, that's wonderful. And, and Lou certainly alerts me to those as well. (laughs) So, all right, you guys have a great week. Lou, have a great week. See you next week. All right. Bye.